morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, February 17th. An electoral tie on this date in 1801. The U.S. House of Representatives had to step in to break a tie of electoral votes between two candidates. Their decision elected the next president and vice president. Can you name the two well-known American politicians who tied? I'll have that answer coming up. But before that, let's find out how the weather is looking for your weekend plans over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Desk. Hey, good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovi. We've made it to the end of the work week. Cold front coming in later today will bring more clouds. Will be a breezy morning as temperatures warm up into the mid to upper 70s by lunchtime, but begin to cool down this afternoon as we cloud up and have a few showers. Now, those showers will pass through mainly this afternoon. Should be drying out by this evening, but starting to cool down as that front moves offshore. We're going to turn chilly by tomorrow morning, starting out 35, 60, beautiful on Saturday, 68 on Sunday. A few more clouds and a slight chance of rain. And then next week, warming into the 70s and eventually the 80s by Wednesday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. This morning in Colleton County, the state will resume its case for possibly the last time in Alec Murdoch's murder trial. Prosecutors are expected to wrap up today after four weeks of proceedings. The former attorney, he's accused of killing his wife and son in 2021 and has since maintained his innocence. Our Molly McBride, she joins us live from Colleton County. So Molly, what should we expect for today? Today we begin with the cross-examination of SLED Special Agent Ryan Kelly. He's the lead investigator in the suicide for hire roadside shooting. That's the case where Murdoch is accused of hiring Curtis Eddie Smith to shoot him just months after the murder of his wife and son as a part of an insurance fraud scheme. During court yesterday, Kelly testified Murdoch lied from the get go about the incident, from the 911 calls to the follow up interview. But in a telephone call alongside Murdoch's defense team, Murdoch come clean about it all. He says he felt like he'd be better off dead for his family, especially Buster. And with him about to lose all his money, his surviving son could use the $10 million payout. I thought that it would make it easier on my family for me to be dead. And easier um, with some financial gain to your family if you were dead? I have a fair amount of life insurance debt. Do you remember uh, how much? Uh, We also heard from Kenneth Kinsey yesterday, a chief deputy with Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office and crime scene analyst. Kinsey gave a demonstration about the location of Paul and Maggie Murdoch's murder and the angles they were shot. Every conclusion I came to was in spite of any pre-existing conclusions, I made my own conclusions. Notably, the defense used Kinsey's report to try to block a report about blood spatter from blood spatter expert Tom Belleville. The defense also tried to block Kinsey's report as well, even though Kinsey's report says he cannot make a determination about if there was any high-velocity blood spatter on Murdoch's shirt. The state hasn't brought up blood spatter, and some would say it doesn't look like they are planning on it. The trial is expected to continue for one week after the state rests. 
Court resumes this morning at 9.30, where we expect to learn here from the last of the state's witnesses. Reporting live in Colleton County, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Thank you, Molly. Well, the Colleton County Sheriff's Office is investigating after a shooting left a teenager dead and a local medical center into a lockdown. Now, deputies responded to Steeplechase Drive just before 7 p.m. last night. When they arrived, they found a teenage boy suffering from a gunshot wound. He was taken to the hospital where he later died following standard protocol. The Colleton County uh, Medical Center went into lockdown due to the incident. It has since been lifted. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Colleton County Sheriff's Office. A Colleton County man is out on bond after state agents say he used a fake cashier's check to steal and sell two cars while working with someone else. The South Carolina Law Enforcement Division arrested William Stevens III on multiple charges, including possession of a stolen vehicle. According to arrest warrants, Stevens used a uh, fake check to steal a Porsche in North Carolina and in Virginia, which he later sold. SLED says they are continuing to investigate the incidents. North Charleston police say they're searching for a woman involved in a hit and run. They say that happened outside of the Outback Steakhouse off Rivers Avenue Wednesday night around 9. According to investigators, the victim says a woman hit him with her car after a fight between her and a co-worker. The co-worker says the woman tried to hit him but ended up hitting someone else, the victim, instead. According to the victim, the woman drives a 2017 black Mazda 3. The South Carolina Highway Patrol is investigating a crash that left one person dead and two others hurt. Troopers say that happened on Clements Ferry Road near Jack Primus Road just after 3 p.m. yesterday. A van and a truck were reportedly heading south on Clements Ferry Road and the two crashed. Troopers tell us the driver of the van was not hurt. However, three passengers were taken to the hospital. One later died. The driver of the truck was also not hurt. The Berkeley County Coroner's Office has not yet released the name of the victim. Concerns over the litter issue at a Charleston County landfill continue to mount. Reports show the Bees Ferry landfill has continuously failed inspections since October. But the state health department says during the most recent inspection, there were signs of improvement. However, according to a report from January, the trash cover issue remains. That's the layer of soil used to minimize odor, pests, and litter. Neighbors have complained about ongoing issues like the smell and animals dropping trash in their yard. In a statement, Charleston County says they're working to reduce odors with cover material. DHEC says the landfill has until February 24th to properly fix the cover problem. A growing number of cities and counties around South Carolina are trying to set regulations around or even outright ban short-term rentals. But a bill introduced at the State House would make those actions illegal. According to a study from the University of South Carolina, short-term rentals have a $4 billion impact on the state's economy each year. The bill before lawmakers would prohibit local governments from passing laws that ban rentals that are fewer than 29 days. Short-term rental bans could result in some harsh penalties like not receiving money from the state. There are some concerns. Number one, the, the penalties are pretty stiff. So it could be trash pickup. It could be police protection. You name it, it's funding that particular local government. And so when you take away that LGF funding or that, that, that tax assessment, then it's going to impact services in that community. 
Several municipalities in the Lowcountry have taken action against short-term rentals. Short-term rentals on Sullivan's Island have been banned for about 20 years. In Charleston, rental property owners have to follow strict rules like living at the property at least half of the year. And most recently, Folly Beach residents voted to cap the number of short-term rentals at 800. South Carolina's first black senator since Reconstruction is kicking off his Faith in America listening tour. Senator Tim Scott returned home to the Low Country to give a speech honoring Black History Month. The Charleston GOP hosted a dinner at the Citadel, and Anna Harris has a recap of the event. Tim Scott told the story of his grandfather picking cotton all the way to him running for Congress. He says, growing up as a black child in America, he was told plenty of no's. But he says our country's progress is what made him persevere. Senator Tim Scott kicked off his Faith in America tour here in Charleston, speaking about the importance of Black History Month to the Charleston County GOP. He says there's no better place to tell this story than the place where the Civil War started. I think more stories like mine will be heard throughout this nation. And when that happens, it will reverberate and we'll have more optimism and more hope that the day is coming when the color of your skin is completely irrelevant. The good news is we're closer to that day than when I was born. Although we did not get confirmation on if Scott is running for president, he did not deny it. He told us in an interview, quote, I hope America gets to see more of South Carolina. He did also did not answer the question if he would endorse Nikki Haley. In Charleston, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. Well, get ready for a wild weekend. The 41st annual Southeastern Wildlife Exposition, or Seawee, is making its return to the Holy City today. It runs through Sunday and gives you the chance to immerse yourself in the great outdoors. Our Samantha Popovic joins us live from downtown Charleston with a Bush Wildlife Sanctuary whose first show is at 1230 at the Gilliard Center. Samantha, can you tell us what's happening there? Good morning, everybody. Yes, I'm here with Kristen Mason from Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. And what are you holding? Uh, so this is Raman, and Raman is an American alligator. He's about two and a half years old, so he's just a baby. Alligators are found throughout the southeastern United States. You can see them up through North Carolina, west to Texas. Um, pretty much if there's a body of fresh water, you can assume that at some point in time there's probably going to be an alligator in there. What does he usually eat? A variety of things. It kind of depends on their size. So when they're little guys, they're going to eat things like little fish, insects, small snakes, pretty much whatever they can catch. The bigger they get, the bigger their food gets. So a mature, fully grown alligator will be eating large turtles, small deer, birds of uh, wading birds, things of that nature. Now, what can attendees expect from Raman at the show later? Ah, yeah, Raman will be at shows all weekend here at Seawee. Um, we're doing shows in the Gilliard. He'll be there at 12.30 today, tomorrow, and Sunday, along with a whole bunch of other animals that we brought from Bush Wildlife. Can you tell me a little bit about Bush Wildlife? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so we're a small nonprofit wildlife hospital and sanctuary in Jupiter, Florida. Um, every year we treat five to 6,000 sick, injured, and orphaned wild animals with the goal of rehabilitating them and releasing them. We also do education and provide sanctuary for ones that are unable to be rehabilitated. And one of the things we do is come to Seawee every year. 
Now, what other animals can we expect at these shows? Uh, we have all sorts of our animal ambassadors. We've got birds of prey. We've got an eagle. We've got Fraser Crane, of course. He's a fan favorite. We have other reptiles, all sorts of different animals. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date, 222 years ago, the U.S. House had to break a tie of electoral votes to choose the next president. The two men who had tied in votes were Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr. The House voted to make Jefferson the nation's third president. Burr became Jefferson's vice president. It was during Burr's term as vice president that he fatally shot Alexander Hamilton during a duel in 1804. Celebrating birthdays today, actress Brenda Fricker is 78. Actress Renee Russo is 69. Actor Richard Karn from Home Improvement is 67. And actor Lou Diamond Phillips is 61. Thank you so much for joining us here at Live 5 for Morning Y'all. I'm Katie Kamen. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.